back in studio. We're back. It's been a while. Oh wow, your God. voice levels are really high there. Really? Okay, I can sit back and talk. We got mics there. now, bro. This is official for all you haters out there that have been sending the messages about the quality. We're back in studio. We got real mics this time. This is good. Yeah, I guess quick apology about the Remain My You podcast with sound quality. Because for some reason, the sound quality, we couldn't get the voice levels right. It's And you know what? It's not that easy, people. We did our best. Yeah. No, it really isn't. And I, like I said on the show, I said to him behind the scenes, I was kind of happy it was him of all people because he's a good friend. He kind of understood that we were having issues and he wasn't getting pissed off. He was just rolling with the punches. So We're doing our best here, people. Yeah, we're doing our best. Um, we got Mariana Pone coming on the show today. Yeah, this is big. Two-time Olympic champ. Dude, stoked. It was one of the few people who wake up at 6 a.m. to podcast for. Yeah, nobody knows that yet. Just flew back from Europe yesterday, woke up at 5.30, rolled over here at 6 a.m. and get right to podcasting. 6 a.m. podcast, bro. <laughs> 6 a.m. podcast. Yeah, we make, we're business people. We make it happen when we, we need do. to. We do. Yeah. So thanks to ProGate Europe, winning starts with a great gate. Mariana Pahone's won with a great gate many times. She really has. Yeah. Shout out to Motosheets.com as well. Sports timing systems, event scoring, online event entry, you name it. For more info, check out Motosheets.com. Welcome home, James. Thanks, buddy. It's good to be home. I know it's earlier than you expected, but is it nice to be home? Yeah, really nice. Yeah. I landed yesterday and like the sun was out, the air was so refreshing. It was like, okay. <clears> as go much back? As, yeah, as much as I didn't want to be flying home yesterday, it, it was nice to get home. Did you go back through Montreal? Yeah, standard issue, Montreal mm-hmm. home. So went to the lounge, just hung out, kicked it, ate some cookies and drank some coffee for about three hours. <laughs> How's the injury? Can we talk about it? Yeah, it's or, fine. Or is it under wraps? No, no, let's talk about All it. All right, get, fill us in. So people don't understand how stupid this is what happened. I didn't really post anything about it because it was really that bad. But so literally was out doing sprints on the street. Was it, I guess, uh, Tuesday last week and was actually doing a downhill acceleration one. So I like was dead manning to kind of start accelerating. Ended up snapping my chain first or second pedal into the acceleration, went right over the bars, landed right on my wrist, and yeah. So the thing was, at first, I really didn't really do anything about it because I had already hurt my wrist in Papandol, so I was like, okay, maybe I just sprained it again at source. I gave it a day, and it, no pain like went away, so I was like, okay, I better finally get it checked out. And then, yeah, doctors just came back right away and said, yeah, you just fractured your scaphoid, so it was shitty. Did they give you a prognosis in Belgium? I mean, it's standard issue. They, it was just like a hospital, so they just said six to eight weeks, which is like... It's sick, what, bro. <laughs> it's like what they would say to anybody, so yeah, I'm pretty sure. I could have said that. Yeah, exactly. So I'll get it checked out today, actually, with our doctors and see what they say. Where so, are you going to get checked out today? Andre. Andre? I got Andre. He's the man. So he just said, yeah, come back in. We'll get proper x-rays done again. They were quick. I went to the hospital. You know how they normally set up an x-ray? They, they, they set you yeah. up. Yeah, they keep you still. Guy walked in. He's like, okay, put your hand like this. Walk back. Sh- Photo, okay, turn Bingo, your bango, bongo, Boom. see you later. Let's see another one. Okay, turn your wrist again. Okay, good. And they didn't. I was like, oh. Ours broke six to eight weeks next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what it felt like. So, How sore is it? Can you pedal on the bike at all? Like if you go for so, a ride? At first, like I couldn't do anything. And that's why I was like, okay. I, eventually, that's why I made the call not to go to Paris. Because I talked to you about it. I was like, yes, I could give it time. And I might be able to push through. And I was kind of thinking about that. But as soon as like the first few days where it wasn't really getting any better, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to cut my losses here. I know we have... Well, national champs coming out, but then worlds in July. So I was like, at least if I get home, I can like properly treat it, let it get better. Then hopefully I'll be more 100% for worlds. You got two options with the broken wrist. <laughs> option one is what you're doing, which is which is smart. Option two, you try and do more every day for a week. You take the <laughs> shit out of it. You take about 18 Advils and have a crack. Yeah, yeah. You got to go one way or the other. You just go to Paris, hope for the best sort of deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but a skateboard can be, can be a bit of a... 
Uh, there's people, like, if you break your scaphoid really badly, it can take a long time to heal. So, hopefully it's not bad. Yeah. No, I agree. It doesn't yeah, sound like it, so. Yeah, they, all they did was they put me, they, they said they are going to put me in a caster splint, got them to put me in a splint, as yeah. you can see, or just a brace, so yeah. hopefully I, I can take it off now, which is good, but hopefully it's not that bad. If it's you move it, me. does it make it worse, damage-wise? I don't know. Or do you have I to? Talk oh, to you don't know yet. But okay. to be honest, so ever since I put the brace on and I decided to come home, I've been like overly cautious with it on yeah, purpose. Yeah. So like you, you know, like as soon as you know you're gonna try riding, you probably start doing anything you can to make it feel good. Yeah, yeah. Now that I know taking the rest, I've been like, I've been a little bit overcautious just on purpose. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna take a few weeks off the bike. So. Well, because with brakes, it's tough. Sometimes it's just cracked or whatever. You're not gonna make it any worse. So you can just kind of run it and train yeah. as is with pain or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes with brakes, if you're gonna make it worse, then you just have to chill, which sucks. Yeah. So thankfully, hopefully, fingers crossed that this is one that I could ride through if I need to. So a few Tape an aspirin time. to it. That's all you need to Tape do. Tape an aspirin to <laughs> what, it. What do your dad normally say? It's a long way from the heart. It's a long way from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex update. He's home now. Texted me yesterday. Yesterday? Or yeah. Sunday? Yeah, um, I so I guess he's, he, he said, I started off the text. He's like, I guess he has limited screen time every day because he's still recovering from his head injury. He's like, you're on my list today to respond to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sounds like he's doing well. Uh, yeah. Leonard was over here the other night too, one of our buddies nice. in the BMX world. And um, so he visited Alex Said he, yeah, he's doing well. And he's, he hang, hung out with him. And um, I guess Alex told me he's on the, he's feeling better every day. And um, yeah, it's positive. That's really good to hear. Yeah, yeah. it's positive. Yeah, it was yeah. good to hear when we he went home, really. Yeah, we can finally just be with the family again. I'm sure yeah. he's getting sick and tired. Oh, uh, dude, staying in a hospital for like a week, no, or two weeks, no bueno. Yeah, you know, you know from Papineau especially too, right? So, yeah. yeah, it's happened to me a couple times in Papineau. Couple? Well, I went to the hospital twice, but I only yeah. had an extended stay once. Knock on wood. Everybody knock on wood. So I'm headed to Paris on Wednesday. Yeah, let's talk about that. A little broadcast gig. gig, bro. Yeah, that's uh, badass. So how did that all come about? Tell so me. this, yeah. Uh, um, Kevin McCush asked me if I wanted to do it. Um, so I've been talking to Willers actually quite often, yeah. um, recently. And, uh, yeah, so he, I guess he gave it a go the first couple and it kind of wasn't for him at this point. So, uh, he stepped down. Um, and actually I thought he did a good job and it's too bad cause, um, he's very well respected by the riders, but you know, he gave it a go and, um, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity now. Yeah. Speaking of which, we want to get cool. on the show eventually. Willers, Willers, yeah, we're gonna get him. Hundred percent, we're getting him on the show. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. Like riders know him. Yeah, I think that's why you'll be really good because you know all the riders. Yeah, well. thanks. You know their thanks. backgrounds. You're yeah. easy to talk to. Yeah. Hopefully, people start spilling their details. It'll be you. cool. Yeah. Like I, was, I was studying yesterday, so right. I watched all the. I didn't watch the racing yesterday. I watched the racing like when it was going on. Yeah. But I rewatched the broadcast yesterday. I just scanned to Willie's part with the riders. <laughs> nice. And man. recorded like who he's done, how long the segments were for, what kind of questions he asked. All right. I, yeah. I wrote down possible people I want to interview that are doing well in the series and maybe haven't been done yet. Studying. That's what you need to do though. And that's David Graff's going to be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a question though. How does it work though? Because obviously I didn't really see the broadcast. Does he just pull people aside to do them or is it pre-recorded? So... Basically, what he said to me, and I haven't even the UCI hasn't given me a ton of details yet. <laughs> of I, I'm gonna like talk to them when I get there, obviously, and they'll give me a rundown, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I basically get like a few segments per day, and I just have to fill them with whoever, basically. Okay. So That's I need good. to do my work the day before and kind of talk to riders and see, maybe get a pool of riders for each um, time slot and kind of plan for that. So. Because, you know, if it's right before, say, a woman's round, I'll probably get a guy. And if it's right before a guy's round, I'll get a woman to come on. Yeah, so I've got to kind of, like, budget the time and see who's going to work for each time. So that's up to me. I'll probably do it the practice day and kind of talk to people and see if they're interested in coming on. Okay. <sighs> Reporting life, bro. <laughs> that's a broadcaster's <laughs> I'm life. I'm corporate right now. <laughs> <laughs> businessman. I'm a businessman. Yeah. 
Got to get a coffee chatter cop on air. Yeah, they're gonna let you bring one up. You I should. You just I need, need a you prop. Like you need said, to drink something. Yeah. It's just gonna be like the morning news when I got the coffee chatter <laughs> mug back. <laughs> you just gotta hold it up, let people know. Oh uh, no! So I'm heading there Wednesday, excited because the racing in Paris is gonna be really good. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that, that track in, like, the stadium, not yeah. stadium, but building, makes for, like, really good racing. Yeah, I think the French, obviously, the French are going to do well. Romain, last year, we had a show last week with him. He's coming off two seconds last year. I think he's going to be on the podium this year. Joris, you have to think he's going to win one day. Yeah. Same with Sylvan and Graf. Those two guys are going to be up there. Um, there's, a, there's a handful of guys you wouldn't be surprised if they won. Ring Carell, dude, Ring Carell is going to do well for sure. He's an yeah. assassin there. He's been doing well this year. Mm-hmm. I think Alfie's going to do well this year. I think the usual players will be good. I think so too. Yeah, I think Romain, like, that's his track. Like, he's been yeah. good this year, but coming off last year, that consistent, those results, he's going to be good especially. Yeah. And then any French guy with a little bit of extra hype behind him with the crowd. Pills? Stuff, Pills, he's out. Is he? Oh, yeah, he crashed out. Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got really messed up too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. So he's out. Arthur Pillard. We hope you heal fast. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say who like the top five rankings here. We got yeah, Neek first. I have Neek. Yeah, I forgot to mention Neek. <laughs> See, there you go. Though. But yeah, Neek first, George second, Sylvan, David, Renquerel. Yeah, Neek like, won the one last one one day last year and got a third the next day. So this track's interesting. He'll be up there, yeah. You remember from last year? Like lane one's not that great. Though. No, and it's wide open first straight. Just let the big dog eat. Seriously, just get over yeah. the first jump. Who's got to get a better sprint at the time? Yeah, so. and I think on the women's side, I suspect Laura's gonna do well. Elise, I think Mariana, she's coming back. She. After the first couple World Cups, getting your feet wet, I bet she'll be even better in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can, I can see that one being good for her because it seemed like in Papendal, Manchester, her starts weren't at, up to par with mm-hmm. they used to be, but her track speed was really good. So that one, if you don't need I think it'll come around lane, in time, yeah. Yeah, if you don't yeah. need that inside lane, she can get out. She can work it. Valentino, Manon Valentino's going to do well. She's French. She's won World Cup this year. Um, yeah. How many other that. French girls are there? Like that are at the top, Camille and her, I guess. Yeah. Those are the standings right now. Yeah, those are the two main ones, I think. Those will be the two doing yeah, it out. Yeah, so I see them doing well. We were there the other week just doing the training and stuff, and that third straight is pretty technical now. They got a few different options. I'm curious to see what they race. It looks tech. Yeah, because the when I was there, like the triple in was a line if you were in first, maybe. But if you're like second, third, you're not tripling in. No, and then it's hard because you you want to like two pump jump or like double manual, but the or pull in, but. It's really tight getting in there. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot of passing that goes on down the second straight and through the second turn there. Yeah. Um, so it can be tough to get a clean run out of that turn. Yeah. No, it will be. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Elise? Was she there last year? I can't remember. She wasn't, right? I don't think she went to this World Cup oh, last year. I feel like I should know this for some reason. I feel like you should, but it's okay. It's a year ago now. Yeah, I feel she like she was. I had my own back problem last year. <laughs> you did have your own problem. <laughs> I had there. many issues last yeah. year there. So I remember watching, because I remember it was just uh, Laura, Saya. I remember who else was on the podium. I think Elko was on the podium yeah. that day, so I don't think she was there. So it'll be interesting to see how she does with the track. Yeah, I think she'll be fine. I think she'll be fine. Yeah, they normally are. What about Kai? Do you think on this track? Kai White. Yeah, one in Manchester. That's Dude, I think this track suits him very well. It's tech. You can make pass everywhere. You can pass a lot of the third, fourth straight. I think he'll do well. Yeah, I think yeah. he'll do well. Yeah, it's gonna be a speedway for him. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, anything else before we get into the champ? The champ, champ, the double champ. What are you excited to talk to her about? Um, we kind of talked about this before, like, I have a hard time thinking of stuff I wanted to say to her, like, because she's a very public person already, like, you know her whole story, but I guess more of her background stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know what she does behind the scenes. What does she, like, what do she, other than being yeah, what does she do last year when she was off, or yeah, BMX in Columbia, yeah. what it's like being in the public, she's one that, she's probably the only BMXer who's, like, in the spotlight in her home country. She's a superstar. Yeah, like, she probably Maris when he goes back home, but, I mean, none of us are 
well known in our country. We, we don't get off the plane and there's no, people exactly. cheering and waiting. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there could be per. I wouldn't be surprised. I just want to ask about that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get recognized wherever you go? Yeah, she does for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Let's uh, let's check in with her. All right, James. On the line, we got two-time Olympic gold medalist, Colombian superstar, world champion, Mariana Pajon. Mariana, how's it going? Good. I'm here in Paris already. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Good, good. When did you get there? Um, we got here on Friday. Okay, so you've had a chance to ride the track a couple times? Yeah, I've been there twice. Uh, we were racing in Brazil, then I had a, a quick stop in Miami to do some some commercial thing, and I'm here. So, yes, I rode twice there. It's pretty cool. How are, the, how are the new changes to the track? Do you like it? I think it's better. I think the straight for us is it's much smoother and yeah, I, I think it's faster. I really like it. It's just a third straight though, so it was it was okay before, but now I think it's better. Yeah, we were just talking about the third straight. Is it pretty tech? It is. It is. Um, it's technical, but it's better for me <laughs> that way, <laughs> so I like it. So uh, yeah, you and Vinny are there together. Are you guys still building a house in Colombia? Yeah, it's almost ready. Maybe seventy percent is ready. Um, yeah, it's taking a long time, but hopefully we're gonna get it afterwards and we can move there as Wait. quick as possible. You're building your own house, like you guys together from scratch. Yep. Nice. Yep. That's cool. How do you yeah. feel? So how are you feeling now from uh, your injury from last year? Because obviously you're out a while. So let's just talk a little, like how serious was it and, and kind of where you are at now in your recovery? Because obviously you've been racing for a couple of months, but do you feel like you're, you're back to hundred percent now? No, still, it's still a long way to go, but I'm, I'm really happy that I'm riding maybe 60, 70% now. Um, yeah, it was, it was a hard injury. Um, I did the whole combo in my knee. First, uh, when I first went to the hospital in, in Holland, they told me it was the ACL. When I, when I got home, it was worse than that. And yeah, it was ACL, collateral, and Jeez. yeah, I did the whole thing. And then nerve damage, and I couldn't move my leg and tried to, to walk again. Then I learned how to walk, uh, to pedal a little bit. And then like five months after I was riding, a spinning bike and yeah I'm here so I'm happy that I'm here wow yeah no kidding wow that must have been must have been tough to go through have you had a knee injury like that in the past or is it the first one it was the first one I had a surgery just before Rio uh, but it was just cleaning a bone that it was going all over and it was blocking my knee but this one was the hardest I I, I broke almost everything on my body but this <laughs> The articulation is, the knee is no joke, it's, it's horrible. Any of the joints, like yeah, your knee, your shoulder, wrist, or anything, stuff that moves like that, it's tough. Once you have like a little injury, it just feels like it's nagging probably for so long. Yeah, it doesn't let you do anything. And when when you're just sitting and trying to, to feel your leg and you have no movement and you cannot walk, I, I thought I couldn't, couldn't be back on my bike. Yeah. But... That's why, I, I don't know, I'm, I, I know I have a long way to go, but I'm just really extremely happy that I'm here. Yeah, it's good to see you riding again and stuff too. I know, I'm sure that would have been hard. How long were you basically out of like being able to move around or anything? Um, 
it was five months to ride a spinning bike, and uh, I started riding and um, like mm, training a little bit um, nine months after. Wow, that's a long time to be off. Yeah. Yeah, I gained a lot of kilos too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was eating, I was doing nothing, so it was horrible. (laughs) All Vinny's home cooking was just making you. All Vinny's cooking. (laughs) Yeah. What did, what did you get up to with your time? Like, how'd you stay busy? Um, I was doing a lot of things. The house kept me um, really focused on that, so I had like time to, to think about something else than my injury. Um, so the house was pretty good that I had this thing. Also, we went to honeymoon, and I was in France for a bit with Ben's family, so it was good. <laughs> was it difficult to mentally go through, or...? Um... Yeah, did you stay busy yeah. enough? Or, yeah, because injuries, you know, they can be tough. Yeah, I know. Like, I've been in um, almost, like, like, I broke almost my whole body. Um, but this one was, was different. Like, this one uh, made me, like, slow down my life a lot. I, I completely, like, quit all my events and my hectic life in Colombia. Um, I just wanted to focus on me and my life and just rest a little bit. Um, so it was different and it took me a lot of time, but the thing is that I wanted to walk again. It wasn't just going back on my bike and racing. It was just, I wanted a normal life and feel my leg. So it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but that's why I just don't care about anything else. I'm, I'm just happy that I'm racing again and riding my bike and the way I'm riding. It's yeah. And I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, no doubt. Because, I mean, that's a long time to be off. Did you still have, obviously, at this point in your career, you're in your late 20s now and you've already accomplished a lot. Did you still have a, a burning desire to come back and get back to racing and everything? Sure, sure. I really want to do it again. I didn't know maybe three months ago, like, like what, what, was, what should I expect? Like, if I wanted to, to come back and, and race, but I'm racing again. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, so... Yeah, I'm trying to focus on getting my my power again and try to be stronger and just ride my bike. You know, I just I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm really happy. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, that's kind of what you really want too. Is even though if you're not maybe as strong or fast as you want to be, you're still looking good around the track and you're still able to ride and compete again. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's yeah. a big plus. Sometimes you forget like why you started and why you like it and when you don't have it for so long and maybe like you you maybe you won't have it so um, i really appreciate it and i'm just yeah it's it's just something that wake you up and and tell you that you you like this just do it for fun and always i always do my best no matter what so just my 100 percent even if I'm slow now. <laughs> I'm just <enjoying> it. <laughs> so is, is that your men- what's your mentality like when you come to the races? Because obviously um, you've been successful and consistent throughout your career at World Cups and events you've gone to. What's your do you have a mentality you tell yourself or you approach races with? Yeah, sometimes like when I go to races, um, you know, you win before you win. You win before you go on the gate, and um, yeah, I just. Now I'm focused on the process. Um, I really know where I am, so that's good. I know what I can do, 
and I'm just I'm just building something. And and before I was just going to a race and no matter what I wanted to do my best. I never think and it's like it's not something I have on my head, just gold medals and gold medals. I don't think about that. I just go and do my best and whatever happens then it's good. <laughs> That's a big thing, I think the difference is like, yeah, just trying to perform your best is even if like right now maybe you're not as strong as you want to be, as long as you perform your best, you still have capabilities of being up there at the top girls. That's a big thing instead of just always thinking about winning, winning, winning. Yeah. It's not winning. Winning is not just a gold medal. Winning is crossing the finish line and thinking, did you do your best? It was a good lap, good choices, everything. Like, it's not just winning. It, it doesn't make you any better <laughs> if you... <laughs> If you don't realize if you can do better, like when I see, I watch my my videos for the Olympics, like Olympic videos, I know I can do better than that. So that's 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 why I'm here. I, I want to be better than before. That's kind of yeah, what we were curious about too. Is just kind of your motivation, how you stay motivated, because like Victoria said, you've been so successful throughout your career that some people would say like, how do you keep yourself going to just keep trying to achieve those goals again? And for you, is that just because you can see yourself still being able to improve? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Mariana is not a gold medal. Mariana <laughs> is someone that, that dreams and work hard and believes and and just enjoy the process and the journey. And yeah, I'm just a BMXer and I started because I wanted to, to do BMX for fun and still is. So... I'm happy. <laughs> no, I think it's a great approach. Um, so in talking with Sam and some other people on our podcast, we've talked um, kind of a variety of different mental approaches. Um, Sam personally and some other writers have used sports psychologists as, as well as well have I. Um, have you ever worked with a mental coach that's kind of helped you with, um, you know, handle everything and your mental approach to racing? Yeah, I have a mental coach since 2007. And um, yeah, I work with him almost every day and personally one one day a week per week and yeah, it helps me a lot. Like not just for, for my sport but for my life and try to yeah, to be someone with a feet on the ground and and just have like tools to just make you better. So I think you win before you win. You win before you go in you, you go up on the gate and and be there. So yeah, it's really important, I think. That's the difference. Yeah, I think it's really important in sport and life. And I think a lot of people, they train their bodies and everything, but they forget to train or train their mind, and that's so important. Yes, I think it's it's not everything, but it really helps, and it makes a difference. Like, for the Olympics, everybody can win there. Like, every, everybody's scared, and world championships and world cups, like, Everybody has the level to do it, even though if you're not the fastest, but you're the strongest mentally, you, you can do it. Like, I think it really makes a difference and it really helped me before, and it still helped me a lot. Even like this, um, where I am not right now, it's, it's really important for me. Yeah, and I think a lot of people think that if they go see a sports psychologist, all their problems are going to be solved, but it's a constant thing you have to yeah. work at, like anything. For sure, it's training. It's training, and it's harder than than going to the gym. It's harder. Yeah. And you have to work it every day, every minute, every second. It's, it's here and now. If you don't work it now, then 
the time is passing. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I want to talk a little about um, growing up in Colombia with BMX. What was it? Obviously, Columbia, or BMX in Colombia now is, is fairly big after um, the success you guys have had as, a, as an Olympic team at the Olympics in BMX. But what was it like growing up with BMX in Colombia? Oh, no. When I started, I was the only kid riding. And, yeah, I had to raise boys for so many years. And nobody knew what BMX was about. I was telling my friends at school, like, I do BMX. And they were like, what, what is that? <laughs> no idea. Even before Olympics, like, I'm a BMXer, and they didn't know what was, nothing, like, not even with a bike, like, they didn't know anything. But after London 2012, everything changed, the sport grew up, like, 200%, and, like, everybody knows what BMX is about, and we have a lot of fans there, and people, they follow the races, they follow all the riders around the world, and it's really cool, like, before we didn't have any support, um, not even like we didn't have budget for us, and and now it's different. Like we we have opened the doors for so many kids start growing up, dreaming to be Olympic champions also. But now they have the support. I know it can be better, like many other countries. But yeah, we have this this thing that is growing, and we're trying to make the difference for them for the kids. That's gotta be one of the coolest stories to hear that like. That yourself winning there and then Carlos getting third and I guess both Carlos yeah. is getting third just made the sport boom so much in the country. That's awesome. Yeah, our country is not a country that gain a lot of medals. So uh, when you get one, everybody's watching and everybody's expecting medals. So it's really fun to, to see what's going on in a country that, yeah, uh, we've been through a lot. Colombia been through a lot. So just see people cry for happiness is really cool so that's that's the appreciation they 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 make for us and that's why we have support uh we don't have the budget for like any other country but yeah it's it's getting better every time yeah like when you were growing up when did you start traveling for bmx and obviously it must have been <clears throat> must have been expensive coming from um columbia with the currency exchange and everything yeah it was really hard I started riding when I was three, when I was four, I was already racing, uh, but then I started traveling when I was seven, and it was really hard, and my brother was uh, racing karts, go-karts, so it was really expensive between the two sports, um, so we had to choose, and um, my brother said, no, like, go and support her, um, so it what was a guy. traveling, trying to, to, like, have some companies that really, like, help me with them with their tickets or something so we can go racing um it was really hard and yeah in colombia it's the country that really doesn't matter a lot for for sports it it's better now but before it was it was horrible Did, yeah you started riding for dance comp in the u.s right yeah i started riding for them when i was like nine or ten when I won my first world championships, like in challenge um, category, so yeah, it was really fun to go there, and it was easier for me because they were paying a lot of my tickets and hotels there, and I yeah, <laughs> I went there. I was living in Naples, Florida, so it really helped me for for my sports and even for for my school. It was much better with that. So were you living in Florida? Yeah, I lived there. 
for more than a year. I was living in Naples, Florida. Well, that's cool. Wow. I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, yeah, I assumed you still lived in Colombia and traveled back and forth, but how old were you when you moved to Florida? <laughs> it was different. I didn't know any English when I got there, so it was really hard when I was, like, going to school without English and all these kids, like, the Colombian kid going to school. No English, nothing. But it was fun. It made me better. I was, I was 10. So I was really small, I was little, and you know, with, without my parents, I was alone. So, yeah, it was a good choice. It made me, it made me stronger. Wait, wait, wait. Without your parents at 10? Like, yeah. Oh, oh I, I would have been... Uh, Carlos and Carlos' um, <clears throat> family. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my mom and dad, they were traveling mm-hmm. back and forth, like, saying just hi for a week and then going back home. Oh my God. But yeah, I was alone there. Wow. <laughs> I was chasing my dreams alone. <laughs> wow. I would have been crying without my parents. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I was crying too. <laughs> <laughs> the wow. life of building a champion, that's crazy. That's, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When did you, I was curious though, when did you start getting the support and funding from Colombia as a country? Or did you? Did you? Um, actually, on my second year as a junior, I, um, yeah, I was in the team, in the national team. So it's, they started helping me with the races and stuff. But then for my first world championships, in I won in South African cruiser. That really helped me to get like in the national team. But having some like salary <laughs> for a month, uh, that's that's t- two thousand and ten. So that's when I I got in the team and. And I'm trying to, to get some money up for it. <laughs> I'm curious now too, actually, because did I see Vinny is now racing for Colombia? Yep. Oh, that's so awesome. That's I saw he, yeah, I saw he did the track national championships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, when we first think, think about this, uh, he wanted to do track, but then they wanted him to do both. Um, so he won already the, the national championships in track cycling and he's, he's really motivated about this. That's pretty cool. It's cool to hear that he switched over to that too. Was it a difficult process? It was, it was, it, it's, it's a really hard decision and he feels he's French, like he, yeah. he, he's from France and he's hard. I think he's, he's Colombian by heart and yeah, his blood is French, but he feels like he's from there. He lives there. He his job is there. He's now having a home there. So it was a really hard decision for him, for us, for everyone. But yeah, he has the support of, of a country that that likes him. And yeah, he has to be the best so he can be in the team. It's not easy because we have a lot of talent in Colombia now, and he knew about this, and he just didn't didn't care. I just want to race for Colombia. Um, I'm, I'm really happy. It's different. Uh, it's really cool. He just wanted to be with his love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he's a full-time local now. Yeah. <laughs> he is. I just speaks really fluent and even the accent. He's just from there already. <laughs> I <just> love him. <laughs> That's awesome. So I kind of want to talk to you just going back a little bit to your skills in the sport. Um, you said when you were younger you raced against the guys a lot. Um, nowadays you have the skills of the guys and I like to say, cause you're probably one of the most skillful, stylish riders of the women's class. Do you think that helped you a lot growing up riding against the guys? Cause you wouldn't have had many people to ride with. For sure. I think 
I didn't know what was happening. I was I was a baby at four racing boys, but then when I realized I was racing them, um, I knew it was making me better. Like I was training with them, racing with them, nationals, and I was going to a race and trying to jump everything that they were jumping, even pro sections. I, I broke, I don't know how many bikes, how many forks, <laughs> trying to jump everything that they were jumping. So I think that really helped me. Like in, in my challenge years, I wasn't the, the strongest, but I was really going into track and that, yeah, that, that made the difference, I think so. Yeah, okay, I've, I've just been curious about that because I think the level of girls racing, even their skill level is going up a lot now. Um, but yeah. coming from that era, it seemed like it was more just about getting fast, and, but you obviously came with both. You came with the skills and the speed. So I was very curious about that. Yeah, I think it had changed a lot. Like, we can see how many girls were jumping the triple, like, five in, in Papina, like, yeah. five years ago. And now there is almost all of that, all of us jumping and jumping pro sections all over the world. And it's not, not just waiting for someone to jump or to just go like explore it to the other side of the jump. But now it's, it's just about how strong you are and how smooth on the track. It's not just which girl is going to jump. So it's it's getting really interesting and it's really good for the sport too. Yeah, I think it's sometimes better for kids growing up um, instead of just being powerful if, to learn skills and because the power will come as you get older. But if you can learn the skills and the fundamentals as a kid, you'll be but much more better off. Of course, and um, I sometimes I laugh of like parents putting some gears to these little kids, huge gears, and <laughs> trying to make them stronger. And that's not the way you should do it. It just go and make them ride and ride and have fun and, and, and practice skills, and then that will come. Like kids in, in at the gym at the early ages, just make them ride, and <laughs> you can do that after. But I think. I think it's really important for them to to jump and yeah to learn some skills. It's not just how strong you are. It's not just the gate. Like the track is almost four four hundred meters. <laughs> you can you can pass after if you're smooth. So sometimes parents forget that and it's really important. Yeah, I agree. Especially growing up, I raced obviously I raced in Canada, but I raced a lot in the U.S. Growing up, especially. Um, and you see the, the focus there is just so big on gates and of course gates are important but a lot of people forget to work on the track and the track is the track is most of the race yeah yeah they forget about this and, and they do just just gates they, they don't go and try to jump something new even I don't know track backwards or something they we do it in Colombia a lot and kids do it and they they build some ramps so they can just go and jump and have fun, uh, even do some tricks. Just do that for fun and then you will kill yourself at the gym. <laughs> you will have so many years for this. Yeah, no kidding. You have, you have many years to get a sore back when you're older. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so after all this, um, obviously you had success when you're younger, going up into elite career, and then um, you come into the London Olympics. I think you're 21, right? Olympics I was 20. Oh you're so. 20 yeah so how was the uh, whole London experience coming in and everything because that was your first Olympics? It was really amazing everything was a dream come true just going to the Olympic Village and you know like eating with some superstars from all over the world and 
just leaving the Olympics and I was the flag barrier. So just going into the stadium with the flag of your, your country and everyone like cheering for you, it was it was amazing. That was a, a, the, my first gold medal to go to that stadium with my flag. And it was, everything was amazing. That's, that's why I, I love this. You know, I, I went to the Olympics. I didn't want to be that stressed to forget everything. I was I really wanted to enjoy it and be relaxed and, and it's it's something unreal, something from another world and you should just leave it leave it really easy. Like just try to don't forget everything. Just try to enjoy everything because it's a dream come true. Yeah, I agree. I think when I went to London I focused a lot on racing instead of enjoying the whole experience. But then I went to Rio I focus on enjoying the entire experience and just kind of focus when I have to, of course, and take it seriously and do everything you do at a race, but also enjoy the experience. And I had, I enjoyed it much more. Yeah, for sure. And it's called the Olympic Games. It's a game. Like you just don't forget it while you started. And yeah, it's it's something you worked for your whole life, but then you did up the whole preparation and everything before. Just go and have fun, and you. Just do your best, but sometimes we forget why why we are there, and you don't have to forget that. Again, no, 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 it's not a game. This is this is serious. We don't have fun in sports. <laughs> we don't have fun. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> sometimes I, I do have fun. I'm always smiling, even if I have this pressure from my country and everybody's expecting my medal. I'm just having fun. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it, really, though. But how really though? How did your life change after winning the first gold? Did you you just become a superstar basically in Colombia right after that? Yes, <laughs> uh, it's it's impressive. Like I was in France for um almost a month before the Olympics, so I didn't know like what what happened in my my home country and what everyone was saying i didn't want to go through like social media so i was just focused on me and but then when it won everybody was like crazy when i came home everybody was expecting the airplane and yeah people sleeping outside the the hotel for me just to go like through the window and yeah it changed my life so it was it was the second gold and medal ever for my country at the Olympics, so everybody was crazy. Their their airports stopped like flights to just ride to to watch my race. Um, universities, schools, shopping malls, they all stopped to just watch my race, and it was good that I didn't know this because <laughs> maybe it will be different. Wow, how is it? How is it living like that in the public spotlight in Colombia? Like, is it hard? Because, you know, none, you're one of the few BMXers. You you and probably Maris when he goes home that um, you're so well known from BMX and all your accomplishments. So is it is it difficult living in a spotlight like that? Um, you have to be patient, but you know you have to realize that uh, they are, I don't think they are happy for you and they feel really proud and they just want a picture and they stay higher, just touch you uh, because they, they feel proud and and even thankful so uh, I think about this it's not easy just going to a supermarket to buy some some milk <laughs> it's really hard to, to go to a shopping mall or just a restaurant you know it's different um, you have to be really patient and 
but I still live there and my home is there and I'm really proud to be from there and I'm, I'm just I just think they're thankful and yeah and I think any other BMXer uh, feel the way I feel when I go back home and I mean everybody is chasing you and <laughs> run over you but I'm really patient and I really feel bad for the people that goes with me to a restaurant, my family or, or Vincent, because they have to stop and even take the picture. And it's, I feel really bad for them than, than for me. <laughs> I've heard people get really jealous of Vinny being your, uh, well, husband now. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when I found out that I had a boyfriend. Um, some years ago, they were really mad. <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna kill the, we're gonna kill this French guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know yeah. from I know from spending time with you and um, Vincent in Colombia, it's it's pretty wild for you to ha- even like you said walk through a mall or anything with people running up beside you taking photos and stuff. And I've always been <clears throat> I was really impressed with how you handled it, how gracious you were, and how you just kind of kept going about your day because that wouldn't be an easy thing to do. Yeah, I think I'm really patient, and that's the way I think. I think they're not doing anything bad. They just feel proud of you, or they just want to meet you or picture because they're, they're happy with you and uh, I'm thankful. So I just think about this before, and I had a lot of idols growing up, and I really want my idols to be like this and be an example, not just, not just bringing a gold medal back home, but just try to... To leave some legacy around this and and a medal doesn't make you better than anyone and it doesn't make you stronger or bigger or whatever i'm just like anybody else and i just want people to know this uh, and now obviously the more you're in the spotlight um the more people can see what you're doing and see and can um maybe uh, give you some like negative feedback or whatever. Um, is that difficult to deal with or did you kind of learn how to deal with that? Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, <clears throat> even if we try to avoid this, this, this comments, but my, my life is a public life right now. So I have to realize about this and I know sh- social media. I know how it is. I know how easy it's to go and, and write something from the other side of the screen. So I just, I don't have Twitter on my phone. Like I had it before, but now I just told my brother to help me with or Vince because I was going through Twitter and it's really easy to, to see some comments that you don't want to see and um, gossips and you know, like who I'm, who I'm watching or whatever. What did I say? What did I do? What did I do every, every day? So I just, try to focus on who I am and when I'm racing, when I'm here, um, really enjoy it and, and try to be relaxed about this. It's not easy, but you have to handle it. I'm curious though, what about the perks? There's gotta be some bonuses to being this famous. <laughs> Let's hear them. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Everything, like, it's, it's better than, than this. Like, you get a lot of attention for your sport, support, um, even sponsors. Uh, you can be an example and you can my country really needs to to just cry because of happening so that's that's really positive everything is positive like if you see uh, um, everything that that has happened to me all the doors that have opened and the opportunities i have and to live for sport and 
it's really amazing. Do you still, I remember Vincent told me after, after I can't remember which Olympics, but when you flew, you didn't have to go through security and you guys just got escorted onto the, like the runway or something. Does that still happen when you're home? Yeah, sometimes they get crazy at the airport wow. uh, with people. So we have to go through <laughs> some special, special security way and, and try to avoid a lot of like crowd because I'll miss my flight every time. <laughs> Same with me in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> so that, wow. So that must have been just a complete 180 world turn after, after London. So going to Rio, being the defending uh, Olympic gold medalist and everything, you must have had a good idea of, of you know, the support from Colombia and everything. So that must have been a, kind of a completely different experience in itself. It was, it was, even the, the track in Rio was all, all yellow in stands, like there were a lot of Colombians that um, flew from Colombia to Rio just to go and watch my race and it was amazing and I knew what was going to happen, um, like I knew, <laughs> like in London I didn't know anything, but in Rio I knew how, how it was and yeah, it was pretty amazing, but you had to be really strong to go through this. <laughs> no kidding. I remember there, was, there were so many Colombian fans. It was like a home race for the Colombian riders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was all yellow. The stands with the, the Colombian national um, soccer soccer uh, jersey. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> has it. Yeah. Did you, feel, did you feel extra pressure going in, or were you... Obviously, it was a for new experience. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll be a robot. If not, yeah, for sure, it wasn't easy. Um, but I know I I felt also the good energy they had, and I just kept this and tried to focus on my race, even if they they were like screaming. I felt really bad for my the girls that were in my model because they were screaming, <laughs> even when the the gate was like no gate, no sound, and they were screaming. So yeah, I trained, I knew, uh, I was prepared and yeah, I focused on just my race and it helped. <laughs> That's incredible. That kind of pressure to overcome is probably harder than the, the skill of riding a BMX bike, of course, just being able yes, to handle that. Yeah. What was your prep like going to those Olympics? Did you stay back in Columbia and train for it or was it kind of different than London or how did you prepare for that one? No, we knew um, how we did it for London it worked so we wanted to do the same thing we wanted to do half in colombia um for london we did have a super close track so it was a little bit different but for rio we had um many like we had a lot of um super close track already so we wanted to do a preparation there but then the final month we were in florida we were in Sarasota and osmar to just be there, no press, no media, no events, nothing, just focus on us and try to feel the, you know, the, the, it was warm, it was really warm in Rio, so we wanted to do the same thing, and Florida was the first, the best weather, and we were out of the country just to be focused. It must have been nice, because I'm sure it was crazy back in Colombia with the build-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really hard. I know the media wants to, to know what you're doing, the preparation, um, all the events that goes through the Olympic Committee and, you know, uh, all sponsors, they want to do many things, but you have just one race to go and focus on, so we wanted to go out of this. 
I was curious, you so you won the Worlds that year and the Olympics, but you also talked about having a little surgery that year too. When did that happen? Um, it was on January 2016 okay. that I had a surgery on my knee. Um, I was I was good. Like two months after, I was 100%. It wasn't that big. Okay, well, that's good. I was curious about that because yeah, you obviously had a very successful year that that like winning in your home country as well for the Worlds. That must have been exciting. Yeah, I, it wasn't that fun. <laughs> it was my 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 home track, a track name after my name. Um, yeah, Marina Pajon's track. Everybody was expecting this. All my family, fans, and I didn't have a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I wanna. I, I'm honest. Uh, it wasn't that fun, but it was. Um, I think winning that World Championships. It was. Harden and challenging even more than the Olympic gold medals. It was, it was overwhelming. Yeah, I'm sure it was an exhausting weekend. You're probably just happy it was over. Yeah, I was really happy. Like when I found out we were having the World Championships at home, I was like, oh, whose idea was it? <laughs> oh, it's my, my idea. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that if I... If I won that one, when I won the World Championships at home, I say like Rio's gonna be easier, and I know I can handle anything after this. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You must have learned a lot about yourself and just kind of built a lot of confidence after that. Yep, yep. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah. I think James go the quick shot. Yeah, I'm just taking this all in. This is yeah. great. But yeah, let's move on to the uh, quick shot question segment. Are you familiar, Mariana? Do you know the quick shots? Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, we got a lot of uh, fan questions for you, so we'll just ask away here. Go for it, James. All right, first question from at Tommy Cambo forty seven BMX. Who inspired you to do BMX? My brother. I started riding because my brother was already racing, and I just wanted wanted to beat him, and um, I couldn't. I, I couldn't, but uh, because of him. Oh yeah, and your your brother's your agent. Yeah. Now, but before he yeah. was the BMXer at home, and yeah, I started because of him, and yeah. now he's helping me with everything around my career. Um, at King underscore Clueless, what can we do to get more girls into BMX? My daughter is one of four in a club of 30 riders. Yeah, it's it's really sad, but now I think it's changing. Uh, parents are yeah are noticing that we can also do it and we still can be girls and girly and feminine and yeah we can do it like my my parents they were really scared for me to go and ride a bike but then they knew I loved it so if you girls at home just want to be a BMX just go on believe and and yeah. Just, just be with her so she can achieve her dreams. It's just believing and just promoting the sports. It's that's how it is. Yeah, right. From at Sorogok, Sorogok, have you ever thought about what to do after BMX? Um, yes, I have thought about it. I have my own brand in Colombia. Um, we are building that brand already and trying to make it bigger and have products and doing everything around it. I also have a foundation to help, to help kids in Colombia to live for sports, buy sports and help their families and try to just give them bikes, no guns, that's how it is back home. So um, we work 
really hard for them when I'm done racing. What kind of brand do you have? Uh, it's Marina Pajon brand, so we have a lot of things. Uh, we have things for school, uh, backpacks and notebooks. Um, now we're building a lot of things. We have jerseys, t-shirts, and um, we're getting a lot of stuff um, the second semester this year. Okay. Um, at Globe BMX, have you ever ridden tracks in Canada, and if so, where? Yes, I went there for a road on Victoria, and also Toronto. Um, I've been there twice for riding, yeah, and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. From at Bishop Noah 38 what does your training schedule look like? So I train twice every day. Um, and Sundays I just go and do like some recovery. So I walk out and train, eat and train <laughs> every day. At Bishop Noah thirty eight, what's the story behind the one hundred plate? So when I when I had the chance to choose uh, the number, I choose um, one eleven. So it was one 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 because I didn't have any choice to just win, win or win. Uh, but then I, then I found out it wasn't really me. Uh, it, that, that wasn't me, and it didn't help a lot. I was crashing, and yeah, I didn't like it. So I just changed it for just do what you 100%. 100% was better than just, just thinking of winning, and that's it. I like it. That was a good, good mindset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Nadine <laughs> underscore W1, when did, you, <coughs> excuse me, when did you meet Vincent for the first time? So I saw him for the first time in Worlds in Brazil 2006 and then we started talking like in South Africa 2010 then yeah we started like talking for real in 2011. <laughs> 2011? Yep. Yeah then you were together like 2013, 14? Uh, at the end of after London. Actually. Oh, after London, okay. Yeah. Um, at Cat Cat Hopkins, do you feel the pressure racing because you're loved by so many? If I no, not really. Um, I feel the good energy of everybody like expecting me to to ride well or win. Uh, but when I ride, I do it for myself. Obviously, I know I can do a lot of things around my sport and and just not just gold medals. So I focus on this, and it's just a good energy. I I really believe I believe in in positive energy, and I just switch it this way. All right. What's a better racetrack, Medellin or Papendal? Oh, I love I love my home track. It's really challenging, and it makes me a better rider if I go through the whole track, not casing or just going smooth. I think. I really love my home track. Fair enough. At Torque underscore N272, what was your first Worlds experience like? Um, it wasn't, um, it was valid France in, yeah, 1999. And it was really amazing. I was watching, I remember Todd Lyons um, doing backflips there, and it was so cool. And Gabriela Diaz also jumping, as I wanted to jump also. Um, it was I was really scared, uh, but I was really happy I was there. From MD BMXer, 
What does why does Colombia have the best BMX fans? Well, I think all over the whole world has really good fans, and it's just that BMX in Colombia is a big deal, and we have a lot of fans that really follows um, riders from all over the world, and everybody like knows everyone there, and I think it's just passion, and um, they're they're expecting us to win and. They have their own riding to look up, and it's really cool. But I think everyone, Santiago del Estero is really cool also. Um, I think everywhere they have a lot of cool fans. At JJH48, what are some things that set you apart from the rest of the elite class? Oh, um, I, I don't know. I don't think about this. It's just, I think about myself. I think I, I really love riding and challenge myself and try to do some something different from the other girls and uh but i'm always trying to improve myself not just thinking about others i think everybody is really good and the class is coming up so i think it's really cool from at sylvan andre bmx what was the hardest one london or rio Oof, i think rio after winning the first one i knew i could win the second one but the pressure and uh, yeah, everybody expecting for me to win the gold medal. Even Silver was looking for them. So I think going, preparing, and, and being focused on Rio was the hardest. At Nate Parsons underscore SC, what was your mindset slash focus lining up in the gate in the Rio final? So uh, I was there um, thinking about good luck visualizing a really smooth lap, good gate, and just thinking it's just one more lap. Just hop. So I was thinking there, just just thinking about just doing a one more lap, a smooth and the best lap, and just one more lap, uh, how I was doing it. One lap and I was done. Uh, I, was, I was smiling there. Nothing else. It's <laughs> not, nothing different, nothing weird, it's just, just one more race. <laughs> yeah, that's the moment. That's the moment we train for. Yeah. Yep, the moment you train for, but you've been doing it the whole lot, so just do what you know you can do. <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. Um, at yeah. Nick Keeman. What? Oh, it's your turn. Yeah, go ahead, James. <laughs> yeah. All right. Would you rather? Would you rather have to drink ten shots of espresso right before racing starts, or drink no coffee at all all weekend? Uh, I can go without coffee the whole weekend. Uh, I have my own coffee inside my pants. I actually have um, tachycardia, I have anorrhythmia, so I, I feel like I have caffeine every day, the whole day. <laughs> At Neat Keeman, which of your wins was the most special? Um, I think Medellin, the World Championships at home. It, that was really extremely challenging for me. Imagine, yeah. From at Yes Rider One, which two riders are your biggest challenge? I think we have a lot of new riders, even the riders I've been racing my whole life. They are all good. Like, I don't focus on one or two, they are all good. You cannot say this one is an easy rider. I never go to a motor and say, I have a joker there. No, never. Uh, they are all good riders and the labeling the lead class for women. It's stepping up and I'm really proud of that. 
At Meredith.Menser, my son is not loving BMX anymore. Was there ever a time that you stopped loving BMX and how did you start loving it again? Well, that never happened to me before because I, I love what I do. It's my passion, it's my work. But if that's happening to your son, just make him do something else. Try to avoid being uh, there and not exist. Just go on and, and make him just love it, love it again. Just make him have fun and maybe other sports. If, if, if it's not if not it's his sports, maybe just try a new one. Um, if if he loves BMX, he will ask to go again. So I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I agree. I think take some time off, do something else, whether it's another sport or hobby or another enjoyment. And uh, what also helped me is instead of focusing on results or if you're not doing well, just try and really enjoy riding your bike and competition and the track and everything. Yeah, I always tell parents not try to, to get your dreams, not try to, to have like the parents' dreams through your kids. Just be with them with new dreams, with their dreams, not your dreams, and not make them do anything they don't want to do. And it will be easier if they, they just choose something and just go and be with them, not, not try to, to make them the champions they didn't, they couldn't. Completely agree. Yeah. Well, Mariana, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to talk to you and um, kind of chat about a variety of things. Thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Tori. Thank you, James. It was really fun. And thank you, everyone. Thank you. It was fun. And uh, best of luck this weekend in Paris. Looking forward to seeing you and Vincent again. Thank you. Um, we'll be waiting for you here. Sounds good. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Mariana. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Mariana Pajone, what a person. What a gal. I, I was thinking about mid-show there because I was really just trying to take it all in. I thought it was awesome. That was, yeah, it was really cool. She's the that. people's champ of the BM in like the women's world. Yeah. She's my people's champ. Yeah, she's, wow. Yeah. Her approach is to life in BMX is so good. You can tell she's worked hard on it and she's in really good place like with her mind and everything. And wow, so mature. Yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah. Someone that can say yeah, that she amazing. just basically goes out there, enjoys what she does, has fun with yeah. it. And that eventually, well, that does bring the results. Like, yeah. that's really cool. I, I kind of feel like when you have the results, sometimes it's easier to just say, I like, I want to go have fun. But it seems from my point of view that that's kind of how she's kind of looked at it the whole time. She's impressive. Um, I think we could all learn a lot from her. The stuff she's had to deal with being in the spotlight in Columbia and still enjoying BMX and going about her thing. That wouldn't be an easy thing to do. And we, we do like, we don't have that, you know, we're not no. in the spotlight in our country. No, nobody really gives a heck about no, it. Really. No, no, yeah, honestly, yeah. So, wow, like, we can learn a lot from her. Her yeah. approach to racing and life, and it was, it was really cool to hear. Yeah, it was. I was honestly the amount of like I won't say balls it takes, but like the amount of guts it takes to be able to just like do all that, go about your day, and then let's say go to Rio with all that pressure and just make it happen. You're someone special. Yeah, you do that. Yeah, like I said in my post this week, one of the things what's most impressive about her is, um, you know. Outside of the track, I think, is just how well she handles herself. Because, like I said, I spent time with her and Vincent in Columbia. And just walking through a mall with her, dude, people were running alongside of her taking photos. And I was just <laughs> sitting back and enjoying the show. <laughs> I thought it was really entertaining. But, like, she can't go anywhere without that happening. And even Vincent now, when he walks around Columbia, um, he gets recognized a lot of places as well. So, um, and just seeing how well she handles herself and how gracious she was towards the Colombian people and everyone that came up to her is... It's really impressive. It shows how good of a person she really is. I can, yeah, 
that really brings out the best in you or the worst. Yeah. Right? And obviously she's doing it right. She's bringing out the best in her. I mean, it's pretty cool. Does she have a bodyguard? No, she didn't. No? no okay, no. it's just you guys? Yeah. Anybody just want me and Vincent. We were the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent, Vincent's the muscle. <laughs> He's a horse. So Vincent, yeah. Vincent's the bodyguard. Yeah. We're yeah. kind of, we're, I wrote this in here quickly. We were talking about like, um, I don't know which part it was, but about like, um, I wrote in here like parents' decisions, influences on kids, like when they're growing up, if they're young. I want like, I think maybe I'm not a parent, I don't know, but they need to accept the kids' decisions in the sport. If they don't want to race full time, they want to work on the skills, they want to do this. They got to be a little more accepting and not, like Mariana said, not take the parents' ideas of what they want their kids to do yeah i agree i agree and like sam said when we interviewed sam on his podcast like it's we need to get to a point in our sport where it's okay to not go to the olympics it's okay like if your kid doesn't have the capabilities to race elite or whatever that's fine you don't have to race supercross you can still enjoy the sport race amateur race a pro even race double a on the on the u.s circuit whatever you don't we don't need unnecessary pressure on kids growing up like mariano was saying just Support your kid, go out and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. It's a and fun the, sport. Your kid's not going to regret that at the end of the day when they get older. They're going to get that regret that time that they were pushed to do something they didn't really want to do. Yeah. I and mean, if they do go down the path where they want to have fun and then eventually they're like, okay, I'm ready to get more competitive, there's no reason why they can't come back to that. Yeah. Some of the best so. advice, I mean, I my parents always supported me growing up and whatever I wanted to do, but some of the best advice my dad gave me in the build up to Rio was just enjoy it. And when you're up there, like, just look around and take it all in and be like, wow, this is cool. So literally, that's what I did. Like, I got up to the Olympic final. And I was like, "Wow, this is cool." Yeah, yeah. Like this, this is what we do. We and we get like I've been guilty about it a lot of times. And we get so focused on improving and results and and just getting the absolute maximum out of ourselves every day. For a long time, I think I forgot to just enjoy it. And especially when it's it's easier to enjoy it sometimes when you're doing well. Um, yeah. But I think the last couple of years, I really even if I wasn't doing well, I did my very best to enjoy the moment and where I was and everything and. It contributed such a better experience and it takes the pressure off too. Yeah. No, I like it makes me think about like my what I've been doing too. And it's a really good point. I don't think I've really enjoyed like the racing lately because I've been putting so much pressure on I feel like I've been doing crap, like I've been riding like shit. So I've been putting more pressure to do better and it doesn't really help you. No, it's just a negative cycle. It seriously yeah, is. Yeah. Like yeah. you can have so much fun training and that's when you ride the best and then you get to race and you I do it all the time where I'm like, fuck, I really want to perform now, like I want to do well. Yeah. And then I ride Ten times worse than I was in training. Yeah, it's important before. to be like, you know what? Got what I got. Let's just let's just go. Yeah, just go yeah. for it. It's easier. It's it's like, like Mariana said. You got to work at it every day. But yeah, um, I think that's the best approach. Yeah, someone like her caliber that says she works with the sports like once a week, every week. Like, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, I think it's important. It's often overlooked. Yeah, it's often so important. Yeah, it's so important. Every top athlete does. Yeah, no, honestly, yeah. You train. We train our bodies every day. We have to train our minds too. It's the same thing. Yeah, if not more. I gotta train my mind more now. <laughs> I'm inspired. I gotta train my yeah, mind more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great. It's got a rant. We have a rant today. It's it's uh, early. The podcast was really was really cool. Yeah, I don't time, I don't what, have a rant. What time is it? My my screen just went black. Seven forty three. Man, it is. Yeah, I need time for another coffee. I, I know. I don't have a rant. I can't think of one. This is the first time we have a rant. I know. We don't have one. No, I know. We don't have all one. We do is rant. I mean, we could think of one. We're I could. I could. I mean, my... yeah, we could think of one, but I don't have one that flies to the top of my head. Any any good ones, at least. Mariana, you put us in a good mood. We're pretty happy people, <laughs> inspired. You know. I might have a rant after I come home from Paris. Yeah, that's true. You might have one. I might have a rant, but yeah, don't don't have much. No, that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't have much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's give a quick shout out to the sponsors again of the show. We thanks, have... to Progate Europe. Yeah. 
Hell, hell of a gate. Let me tell you, the gate in Paris is fantastic. Oh, it's so fast. Nice and fast, yeah, just how it so should fast. be. Oh, so good. Yeah, I, I it's so good. fast. And uh, also to motorsheets.com, whenever you need your timing event scoring, anything like that, make sure to check them out, motorsheets.com. All right, bro. I'll see you when I get back from Paris. I'm going to have a lot to report on. Yeah. I'm going to have Tori with there. Uh, everybody that's racing there, be ready for Tori to come up for a little mini, mini interviews. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, gotta, see, if, we'll see if any riders turn me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Side note, I just saw online before we started this, the French guys are actually having a real press day at the track. I love that. Absolutely. Why don't we... This could be the rant. We don't have... Oh, we do... Actually, there are press conferences sometimes at the races. Something very minimal. Yeah. Why don't we have more... There should be... And I feel like after... They should have the podium there for men and women in a press conference. Why not? Yeah. Straight up, though. Yeah. Why yeah, not? Quickly after We're all the there. podium, go sit down. Let the media take yeah. pictures, videos. Make yeah. it a YouTube video. UCI could post it. Mm -hmm. Or BMX Live TV could post it, I mean. Yeah. Um, video for the motocross. Why don't we do that? Yeah. There's no reason. New rant. We just started ranting. There's no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we should have press conference before and after. Yeah. Well, okay. You're take there. the top five, five men and women before and then the podiums each day. Well, I would task you then in Paris, yeah, because they probably won't do that. I'm going to put it on. Yeah, you're going to do it. I'm going to put on the press Even conference. I'm going to organize the after party. <laughs> it's it's going to be big. <laughs> I should be the designated after party organizer. Yeah, and post press conference guy. Just go get interviews from them quickly after. Ask I should be the press a press conference guy. I'm doing press conferences. I'm doing interviews. I'm doing the after party organization. Tori's the new guy. We're going to the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> we'll set up a table below it. We'll set up a little booth underneath it. <laughs> That'll be fun. All right, bro. Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for everyone for listening. Wow, we said at the same time. Go ahead. I was just, yeah, thanks for everybody listening. That was a great show. Yeah, thanks to Mariana for coming on. That was um, wonderful. Pleasure to listen to her. Till next week. Yeah. Later, bro.